and now we're talking about the Koi and the San people, trying to understand a bit more about them and with them, and well, to give us more understanding, generally as South Africans, because our history tells us so much about them, but we still ignore that part of history. So, we talk about their advances the last time we spoke about Owen oh, 2 and about the Khoisan people. We had the very same guest, but on a different program, not this one. Remember, this one is a new program. It was at night, and still our guest came to give us so much information, a wealth of information, and so we promised to invite him back so that we can talk more about this, and we have even a better time now. So, joining us in the studio, and I want to underline the part of him joining us in the studio, is John Van Roy, and he's the chairman of the Houting Khoisan Council. Mr. Van Roy, and good evening to you, and thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. Good evening, Naya, and um, good evening to your listeners. And it's an immense pleasure for me to be here and uh, just to put our case forward. Yes, quite frankly, I need to just move this uh, camera so that it can be able to see you as well. I don't know how I'm going to put it so it can <laughs> see you because you are the main guest for this program. And I would like the people to see you um, who are watching us on Facebook. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I should have thought of it because I'm used to my guests coming to the studio. Alright, uh, we'll see how we can manage this one uh, in the near future. Um, but the most important part, um, Mr. Van Royen, let me put it, uh, look at you. There we go. There you go. That's Mr. Van Royen. And I'm going to leave it looking at you, Mr. Van Royen, so that people can get to see you in action. Uh, the most important part of uh, our history is the origins of the South African peoples as we have them. And we tend to neglect and overlook the fact that uh, originally we had the Khoi and the San people in this territory, in the southernmost tip of Africa. Uh, why does this seem to be a bone of contention? Why is it that we are not appreciating this historical fact, Mr. Van Um I've said it previously, Naya, um, and I'm going to say it again. Uh, I think there's issues around greed um, and denialism and untruths being spoken. And that is as a result of people wanting to run away from the real issue. And the real issue is that the sun, um, and I put it in that format, uh, in the hierarchical format. Okay. So the sun, or the Bushman first, yeah. and then the Khoi, um, the Hottentot. They've been referred to as the Hottentot as well. And uh, so the sun was here first. And then the Khoi groups, um, and then the rest followed. Okay. Uh, and I think so. When people speak about that, then I think there's a fear to say that if we acknowledge that the San and the Khoi peoples were the first peoples of South Africa, let's leave Southern Africa alone. They're just concentrated in South, on South Africa because we're in South Africa. And then what it will then mean is that everything then belongs to them. So the land belongs to them. All the land in South Africa then belongs to the San Nukoi people. It then means the minerals um, underneath the land and on top of the land, whatever's on top and underneath belongs to them. It means that whatever's in the sea um, belongs to them. And I think that is the bone of contention. That, not contention. People know that, but the, the, the truth, but people don't want to acknowledge it and accept it because of, as I said, greed and untruths. Okay. 
before we even get to it, um, let's. Uh, I'd like to just drag you into a conversation that you overheard. We were talking to Minister Obed Papel about the initiation story. Do you have an opinion as far as that bill is concerned, as the Khoi and the San or the San and the Khoi people? Um, yeah, look, um, you spoke of the first people um, in South Africa and maybe Southern Africa. And yes, that was part of our tradition uh, in different forms. Um, the one being that our people are closely linked to a group of people, as in particular your Nama people, that um, came from Central Africa again, moved down south through Ethiopia. And in terms of that, they brought a whole lot of um, what people deem to be Jewish culture, sort of, uh, into the fray. And so they, they practiced that. Um, so that's, that was part of, of what we used to do. Um, also in terms of the sun and the Koi culture uh, in the mountains, um, we basically uh, transferred that particular kind of culture to the groups that's um, busy with it now, with initiation. Um, and and um, in terms of our Muslim community, so the, the colored, so-called colored community, Within the Muslim people, they call what they call Sunnat. So they will, they go and then they go through initiation as well, but not in that form, in a different form. And um, yes, so we ha- we've done that, and it's been part of our culture. Uh, in terms of how it's outplaying at the moment, I think there is a concern. We are very concerned that um, kids are dying, young kids are dying, um, young kids are being stripped of their manhood. And it's a, it's, a, it's a big concern for us. All right. All right. Let's segue now back to our conversation. Um, I, I notice when you speak, you, you, you involve uh, phrases like the Nama, the Koi, the San, and then you use a phrase that I found rather odd, the colored people. Are, those, are, are colored people um, uh, Koi or San or Nama, or are, are they part of the, the, the community? Initially, um, when we started out, as um, in my personal capacity, and also as the Houghton Coincent Council, and also at the National Coincent Council level, um, we in the, we said that you know all so-called coloured people um, are descendants um, of the San and Koi, and so the Nama, the Korana, the Griqua. Um, we have what we call the Cape Koi, and then we have the Sun or the Bushman, and um, so we move from that premise. And but later on, we found that there were some of our people, so-called coloured people, who then said they are not Khoisan. And so we asked them, then what are you? And they said they're coloured. And so we asked what's coloured. So they then said, look, they know where they come from. And some of them would say that they a mixture between an African woman and a white man, or vice versa, um, an African man and a white woman. And so therefore, that's where they come from, and they're colored. And they wanted to um, retain uh, the coloredness or the colored identity. Some of them even went as far as calling it colored, but spelling it differently. So there's a group that's called Kulit, sort of, and things, but they say they, they pronounce it as Kulit, K-U-L-L-I-D. And, um, and so what we said was, look, um, because we ascribe and prescribe to the rights and the Bill of Rights in the Constitution, 
And we said they too have a right to exist and to for self-determination. And so what we then did, we amended our constitution. And in the constitution, we then recognized that our people were called colored. But so, so that's what we have now in terms of, 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 that, of what's happening around colored. But if you go back and you look at the roots um, of where we come from, so some people don't know where they come from. They don't know that they are, in fact, descendants of the Koi in the Sun. And so, therefore, so they've taken on the colored label, uh, which was given to us during apartheid, and um, in terms of the Population Registration Act. So that's where it, it sits, and that's how, what, how people then adopted it and accepted it. Now, if you go back, so Professor Himla Surya from the University of Badwatoswand, um, she's also working with National Health uh, Laboratory Services. So she's done with a group of uh, international researchers extensive uh, DNA. Uh, she took some DNA samples of colored people, mainly so-called colored people, um, in various areas, but this one was a big one in the Eastern Cape. And I think they worked on a sample of between 280 to 350 uh, so-called colored people. And they found that about 95% of those people um, stem or their DNA shows that they come from the descendants of the, the Koi and the San, the Bushmen and then the Koi. And, um, and, and a whole lot of those people were talking, were saying they colored. Uh, and what we have found in the so-called colored community is that a whole lot of them uh, were so proud of um, having white um, forefathers, you know, whether it's from the father's side or the mother's side. And so there was that kind of thing leaning towards that. Uh, and so, and, and I think that's basically what has happened in terms of the whole issue of coloredness vis-à-vis Khoisanness. The reason why I'm asking this question and, and the reason why this is a rather curious point for me is that uh, the very term colored, etymologically speaking, it is not originally African. It is not originally of uh, the Khoi origin, but you seem to have assimilated and attached it to yourself. Its, its origins are purely racist. Mm-hmm. They've got prejudicial etymologies and that's what I'm trying to understand is why if you're trying to go back to the truth would you mix your truth with the lie of a mixed race person being called colored and non-identity even in philosophical terms why would you associate yourself with a non-identity of colored and yet there is no such thing as Colored. There's no such race or genetic dispensation called colored. Yeah, um, not me. Uh, no, no. And I know when you say you, um, you refer to my people, sort yes. of, you know, the yes. descendants of the Koine San or those that then refer to themselves as colored. Yeah. Um, yes, look, it, it, it's, it's a problem. Um, and it's as a result of what happened in terms of the Population Registration Act. And if you go back and look at the apartheid regime, what they then did at the time when they looked at um, what do they call these people, sort of, that was the issue. So what they then did was they said, if you are not native and if you are not white, then you are colored. Um, and, and, and so that is what they then did. And so that was the label and that is what um, was imprinted and implanted upon the so-called colored people. 
And so therefore they latch onto that and they holding some of them are holding onto that. Okay. But what has happened they, if you they were referring sorry for interjecting, they were referring to mi- people of mixed race, isn't yes, it? Yes. And you as the Koi and the San and the Nama and the, and the Greek and so forth are not of mixed race. Yeah, not necessarily, but I mean some of the some of us. So what we will find is some of us are light of complexion yes. or light brown, yeah. let me put it that way. Yeah. Some would be dark brown. Yeah. Um, some would have Indian features, you know, some would have blue eyes, green eyes, and it's as a result of that. So that was the issue. Some would have coral copies, uh, you know, whatever and things. And so, but, and, and that's the reason why but they would have called mixed race. But are you, are you a combination of two different or three more or more different races? Yeah. Yes, yes. You are? Y- yes. Um, so when you look at, uh, remember, so you've got in the DNA, you've got the mitochondrial DNA, okay. which is the X, uh, so the mother, from mother's side, and then we've got a Y. So what we found in the so-called colored population is that in most instances from the mother's side, um, the ancestral mo- mother will then go back and the DNA will show that that is related to the, the son and the koi. And, but then there was um, admixture taking place and people, so when the Bantu speaking people came down, yes. and so, so remember the men went out to hunt, the Bushmen uh, went out to hunt and for, to, to look for meat. And sometimes they were away for months, two months, three months, four months, six months. Um, and then they were then, but during that time, you find there's another group coming down of men only. Um, and these men would find these bush women, and they will then um, so things will happen, you know, and they'll mix, and so and then and that's where the, the the mixture came between. At my understanding, in terms of my research, between the Bantu speaking group yes. and then the Bushman sort of a Koi group, and so therefore you find that um, I, I can understand that incidental mixture yes. of races. I'm yes. talking about before the arrival of the Bantus. Yes. You were not of mixed race. We were. were. Yes. Were you? We were. Yes. No, 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 long prior, long prior to that, no. Yes. No. That's what I'm trying to establish. But what happened is in there's uh, in terms of some research from certain researchers, uh, they claim that around the year 2000, there was a group of Indian men that moved all the way down south looking for gold, and it was only men. South from where? South. From um, the Horn of Africa, from India, through okay. the Horn of Africa, and they came down. Okay. And then they, they hooked up with a, a group of bush women, bush, bushmen, let's say Khoisan women. Um, and so they then, um, uh, in, at, at mix, whatever, there was a mixture taking place there, and then out of that, so already there was a possibility that they were mixed already. And then in 1488, Ptolemy's Diaz came um, because he had uh, shipwrecked. Yeah. And then <coughs> his, his ship, both of the ships and things, came to the shore at Mossel Bay. And so our people were there. So our people went and they assisted them. And he left a few men behind and he went back uh, to Portugal. So at that point in time also. So what has happened, those Portuguese, it was only Portuguese men. And then, so obviously, they mixed with the local people. And so at that point already, I think there was also a mixture taking place. Uh, and then Pan Rebecca came and, you know, all the others that, 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 that followed Diaz. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
I'm, 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 I'm noticing that you, you're tracing the history from the point of mixture, of, of mm. intermixing with different races. Does that not therefore mean that this land also belongs to the Portuguese? Does that not also mean it also belonged to the Indians who intermixed with the original peoples of this land? Can we therefore not say that Portuguese, Indian, and the the, the, the Bantu speakers, uh, Bantu people, are the original people of this land equally? Hmm. You asked the question early on with regard to the mix, the mixture. When when did that take place? And yes. there's a reason why I concentrated that, but. Before 2,000 years ago, ago when the Indians were here, mm. uh, some of the Indian groups came. There were no one else. Yes. So it's only the Khoi and the Sun. In fact, only the Bushmen. Yes. Uh, and then the Khoi groups came later yes. on, came back. Yes. So yes. So therefore, that that was only them. So I understand. if you go back and you then look at it from that point of view, yeah. Then no, then Portuguese can't claim. That they were here and yes. they were part of this land and also the Bantu speaking groups and Can also. Claim. I yes, understand. Yes, I'm yeah. talking about the people who are claiming that, uh, that right right now, which are yourselves. The current inhabitants of our land right now who are claiming to be the first peoples of the land are not the first people. They are a mixture of the first people and, 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 and the immigrants like the Bantus, the uh, Indians, the Portuguese, uh, as per your history. Would that not be a fair assessment of the whole situation? That, as we speak right now, 2018, we're speaking to yourself. Mr. Van Royen is a combination of many different other peoples within yourself. Though you, you may have DNA that has the Nama or the Griqua or the Khoi or the San, you also have within yourself the DNA of the Portuguese or the Bantu or the Indians. Is that not fair? Hmm. Yeah, so what, what has happened, what we are saying is, um, in terms of research, it shows that, so, Professor Imla Suryalem are using mitochondrial DNA yeah. to then determine um, what is, uh, in terms of your DNA, so from your mother's side, the mother would then transfer um, the X chromosome to both the boy and yeah. the girl, and the girl will then only give to the boy and the girl, but the men only give the Y chromosome to, to boys, not to the girls. And so they're using mitochondrial DNA um, to determine then the ancestral mother and where that comes from. So we are saying that's what we are using as well. So from the ancestral mother, mother's lineage, um, that then determines uh, whether you are Khoi or San or Bushman sort of thing. And that is L0. So the Khoi and the San people are the ones, that they, 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 in most instances, they're the only ones with L0. Unless there's been a mixture. So if you take, for argument's sake, uh, Tata Madiba, and may soul rest in peace, um, he's L0D. So which means from, the, from his mom's side, his mother's side, his ancestral mother is a Khoi woman, a Khoi son woman. Now, and, and then I think the point, basically, that you want to make, or getting to, is that would we discriminate against those people or children of Tata Madiba and say they are not Khoisan people, or they have no right to what, uh, in terms of what Khoisan people have. We are saying they have that right, and uh, that's where we are moving from. Not everybody in the Khoisan movement has got um, uh, that idea and, 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 and subscribe to that. But where we are coming from, we are saying, yes, if it, is, it shows that your mitochondrial DNA 
is L0 or L0D, whatever it is, yeah. and you have a Khoisan lineage, yeah. then yes, we are saying you equally have the same right as us. The, the, the only difference right. is that we have already, we have always identified with the Khoisan side. Mm. But um, the Madiba and them and those people, they didn't um, link up with the Khoisan. Mm. They were Zulu. Or they were Sutu, or they were Pedi, or yeah. Tosa, you know, yeah, yeah. and that's what happened. And and so therefore we are saying that is where the problem comes in. So give us an opportunity as the Koinsan people to then reclaim our heritage, our culture, and then yes, whoever else is part of it, whether you're white, whether you're Portuguese, whether you're Afrikaner, whether you're Zulu, whether you're Sutu, we don't have a problem with that. We will then accept you, and and, and, and that's what we are moving towards. Okay. All right. When we come back, I would like us to clarify what it is that you seek to achieve with the bill. You told me about the bill that you have before Parliament that's being put together that is going to recognize you as people who are first arrival in our land. And we want to know what exactly is going, what that is going to give you, what rights or privileges that's going to give you, if any, and why can't you just join in the House of Traditional Leaders like any other traditional group right here in South Africa shortly? Okay. After this, more Nayanu Pondrani in a moment. The Headspace on SAFM. Still listening to the headspace with me and I, Elu Pondona, here in SFM. The lines are open 0891 If you'd like to join in the conversation, 0891 If you'd like to find us on Facebook, we do have on our Facebook page, Naye Lupondona, and we have Mr. Van Roy. And you, when you go in there, um, you'll see Mr. Van Roy. Okay, all right, my battery's almost dying there. <laughs> Right, you see Mr. Van Roy there if you go and see and watch us live. This is happening live up until 12 midnight. So we continue our conversation. Mr. Van Roy, um, what, what will you benefit? What will you receive after, if this bill is agreed to by everybody and anybody and it is ascended to by the president signed? What will this bill give you? What rights and privileges will it give you, if any? Yeah. Um, maybe just prior to the bill coming uh, into being, what we have requested uh, from government was constitutional recognition that the San and the Khoi people are the first indigenous people of South Africa. And why, why, why would you want that recognition? Yeah, because we are the first indigenous people. Um, we're the first people in South Africa. And so we wanted that because it's not recognized in the constitution. Uh, it doesn't mention, the constitution only mentions the San and the Khoi people when it speaks about languages. And that's the only section. Other than that, there's a whole lot of emphasis on traditional leadership and traditional peoples and traditional groups, etc., etc., but not the Khoisan people. So the Khoisan people are not, um, we don't see ourselves as traditional people. Okay. We're indigenous people. Indigenous means first, but we have traditions okay. within okay. our indigeneity. That's what we okay. are talking about, and that's what we wanted. So what, what government then did through COCTA, yeah. Um, they then decided to scrap the traditional affairs bill and replace it with a traditional and Khoisan leadership bill. And in terms of that, 
what it then means now is that the Koinsan people will then form part of your first, your, your national traditional of, um, house of, of, of traditional leaders. Yeah. Um, in the provinces, we have provincial houses of traditional leaders. They will then form part of that. And then in your local government structure, so whether it's a district municipality or whether it's a regional district, uh, municipality or metro, they will then participate at that level as well. Um, so, and basically that is what the bill will, 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 will do, and the bill will then recognize that. In the bill itself, there's, but there's some contestation. There are some groups that's for the bill, um, and there's some groups that's against it. And mainly the reason why people are against it is that that's the one thing, the constitutional recognition, because a bill is, becomes an act of parliament. But the bill, you don't need a two-thirds majority to change a bill or scrap it. It can be scrapped in the portfolio committee at, at the national level. But if it's um, a constitutional obligation and it's in the constitution, then you need a two-thirds majority to amend the constitution. And it seemed as if Kokta shied away from this or ran away from this, and they don't want to do that, give that recognition. They also, so the bill is also not recognizing the Koin San as the first indigenous people. Um, and it's also shying away from that. And so I think that's the reason why people have got um, problems with the bill. Okay. Um, I, I find this very fascinating that you would not view yourselves as traditional groups, but as indigenous groups yeah. um, with traditions within. Um, does that mean you don't view the Bantu, for example, as indigenous? To South Africa, no, they're not. Okay. But to Africa, yes. So there's an argument that the Bantu-speaking groups have been pushing for, yes. saying that they are indigenous. They don't come from elsewhere. They come from Africa. Yes. We are saying, true, they are indigenous to Africa, yeah. but they're not indigenous to South Africa. And okay. that's the difference. Okay. So we're sitting here in South Africa, and we're in Southern Africa. So they are not indigenous to South Africa okay. and to Southern Africa. Yeah. All right. Um, we, we've had this conversation. I'd like us to ventilate it a bit more on this program, uh, just uh, for, for, for record purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, we all understand that we have one Africa, but it sounds as though you're trying to divide this one Africa into many Africas, just like the colonialists did by saying you are not and we are you are creating borders, and yet before the colonialists came, we did not have these discriminatory borders, did we? No, we didn't have it. Um, but it's not us that's doing the divide and rule. It is the very same Bantu-speaking groups that are now in charge of government, controlling government. Because if you go back at Codesa and you look at um, what has come out of that in terms of the constitution, so the Constitution speaks about Bantu, about Zulu, Tosa, Sutu, Pedi, Shangan, and then there's a, a group called Colored, and then there's a group called Indian. No Koi, no Sun. Um, so, and if you look at the Population Registration Act and the uh, definition of Colored or the terminology um, relating to Colored, it's been scrapped in 1993 already. This new government deemed it fit to bring that into the Constitution. Something has been scrapped. They brought it back into the Constitution. Why? So, who's discriminating? Who are the ones that's drawing those lines? Not us. So, that is what happened there. So, but I hear what you are saying then. So, going back 
beyond um, where we are now, yes, there were no borders. Um, so our people roamed throughout yes. the whole of Africa. And we were one. Yes. We, there was synergy. And that's the reason why the, what I spoke about earlier on that mixture. So in some instances it happened long before um, what the people talk relate to it as um, 600 years ago, 800 years ago, in the 1400s. So it goes back long before the 1400s, where somewhere in Central Africa already they probably mixed and some of them came down together. So there we don't have a problem. And that's the reason why in your DNA you will find that there. And that will then tell us, so we don't have a problem with that. But there were other groups. Um, so for argument's sake, if you go to North Africa, you go to East Africa, you go to West Africa, and there's a group in Central Africa. Um, so in terms of those people there, yes, they are, they refer to themselves as other groups. They refer to themselves as Bantu-speaking groups. Um, they've got their own languages. They've got their own culture. So that took place there already, not necessarily as a result of what we are talking about. We in Southern Africa were one. We were a Bushman, and from the Bushman came the Khoi groups. And it's only when the Bantu groups came down at some point, then that mixture took place. And then some discriminatory practices um, were, were, were instituted. Appreciating history as we have it today, and I'm appreciating your history as you're articulating right now, we, 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 when we call one another by what we are, we are not calling by one another by what we are not. We're not saying you're non-white, you're non-black. We're saying you are a Kwe. I am a Shubi, uh, and, and so forth, and so forth. Uh, but you seem to be saying, we will see whether you are or not through your DNA. It, it would appear as though there is a, a, a prejudice that is creeping in this whole enterprise that seeks to say, if you are not, therefore... You are not, and that's what I'm worried about right now. Is it possible that I may be hearing you openly discriminating? Um, as I said earlier on, I'm not discriminating. Um, we've been discriminated against. And if you go back, and because all along I've been saying, we need to, I say, you asked me at the beginning, why are there problems? And I told you greed and untruths. Now, the issue here is everyone is running away from the truth. And the truth is that the Xan and the Khoi people are the first people of South Africa, which means the land in South Africa belongs to them. Only them, the whole land, belongs to them. Um, it means the mineral, mineral wealth belongs to them. Now, if you take that and you move from that premise, then yes, now, now other people are coming in. Invaders are coming in. Bantu groups are being seen as invaders. So okay. people talk about settlers, so the whites, when they came here, they were white settlers. Bantu-speaking groups are invaders that are not originally from South Africa. So they came from Central Africa, Granted, from Southern Cameroon. That, that, yes, that's, yes. that's what I'm asking. Yes. But they so, are also from Africa. Yes. Africa, not South Africa. Yes. Yeah. You can't, I can't go to Nigeria yeah. and go and claim land in Nigeria and then say it's my land. I'm indigenous to Nigeria because I'm indigenous to Africa. But the, Can I do that? But the discourse yes. is not a Nigerian yes. discourse. We're, yes, remember, that's we're why we're in South Africa. Yes. So we're talking about South Africa. No, 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 sir. What, what I'm asking about is the discourse we're having right now, you and I, is a discourse of two South Africans who are trying to understand and appropriate our history. 
Now, when I say understand and appropriate, I mean we both understand that in spite of the fact that we now live with a colonialist history, before the colonialists arrived, whether that is 1652 or even before then, before, uh, before Bartholomew Diaz, we were Africans. And that's what I'm trying to establish, that if we go back long before the colonialists and the, the, the settlers or those who are passers-by, the Diaz's of the kind, we were still one people. We did not have Nigeria at the time. We did not have South Africa. We had our land, our motherland, which is Africa. And we roamed this land regardless of what language I spoke, whether you spoke true or queer or whatever, you roamed this land without any discriminations. You see a group of people, you intermingle with them, you intermarry with them, you continue your life and as we are right now, intermixed and intermarried. Why then do we now fast forward and say we are going to separate these borders because now there is Nigeria and therefore I cannot call myself a native of Nigeria as though though we are ignorant of the fact that there was no Nigeria before the colonialists and the settlers arrived and did their scramble for Africa. Before the settlers arrived there was southern Africa and was northern Africa and east Africa and west Africa and there were distinct people living in those areas. So if you go back and you take and use biblical times and the biblical period, so that takes you back about 5,000 years. 5,000 years ago, there was Egypt, there was Libya, there was Kush, um, so it's Upper Egypt and Lower Egypt. Um, and there were people that then uh, belonged to those areas. And there was Southern Africa, which is the whole of Southern Africa up to the Congo. And um, so in terms of that, there was already that division and delineation around North Africa or Egyptians, uh, um, Ethiopians or or Kushites, etc. So that was there. Um, So it's not us. It's not us. So so there was already the distinction between the two groups. But uh, we were here or we were here all the time. We were here all the time in Southern Africa. And um, they did not even recognize us. So if you go back and you look at even the Bible, it doesn't speak about us. Um, it speaks about, at some point, the people on the other side or the southern side of whatever, you know, Kush uh, and whatever set up and things. It speaks of and, the and, and, and Yes, as well. yes. But you, it, that's what it speaks about. So the Kushites and the Ethiopians. So there was that taking place already 5,000 years ago, long before, and we were not the ones yeah. that were discriminating against um, any person. Um, so, so that time already... The, the boundaries were drawn and the borders were drawn. And in terms of that, people were then identified and classified as such. Um, and we were here. We were, we were here long before that. We were here. We're still here. And the issue here, um, I think, that we need to really speak about and truthfully, Naya, is that um, we were found here. Um, we've been here all the time. And now, and we are being discriminated against. And it's people that come from outside, that wasn't part of South Africa. But in the same breath, I've said this before, and I'm saying this again tonight, that we are not discriminating against our brothers and sisters from even North Africa. What we are saying, because a whole lot of them, if you look at the Zulus, they've got three clicks in the language. Those clicks are Khoisan language clicks. So, So where does it come from? Which means that at some point the mother was most probably a Khoi woman and the father 
was a Bantu coming from Central Africa. And they mixed. And mom was sitting with the child. And mom was then trying to bring her language closer to the husband's language. And as a result of that, the the three clicks found itself in the the Kosa language, four clicks. In Sutu, one click. They didn't have clicks. In the Bantu language, original Bantu languages, there's no clicks. So how did it come in there? So we are saying, can we give recognition to the San Nukoi people as the first indigenous people? And can we then um, give them what belongs to them? And then through that process, we can get to um, reconciliation. We can get to real and pure nation building where we all speak the truth. The history is rewritten. And the correct history is been put. Then you will see all these discriminatory stuff disappears because then we acknowledge um, that yes, Zulus are our people. They speak our language. They got three clicks from our language in their language. How did it come about? And the Zulu people, the problem is um, that the Zulu people do not say they Khoisan. The Zulu people say they, they Zulu. Where does Zulu come from? They don't even want to now say they Bantu. Um, or they say they're in Guni groups. So where does that come from? So if they acknowledge that the Kohen San gave us the three clicks in our language, which means that they are, we, are, we are their children, or we come from them, or we're part of them, then I think we'll be able to move forward okay. in terms of the boundaries and getting rid of them and whatever things are. All right. I want to take a call for you. This is from Cape Town. Do we have, is this Commissioner Fick? Good evening, Commissioner Fick. Uh, good evening. Good evening. Thank you so much for this program. It's a pity it's so late at night. Uh, we, we really need a lot of people to listen to. Uh, I just want to come in concerning the migration that took place way before. If you go back into our historical records, it will show you between the years of in the 1500s, there became a migration of where we get the Zulus coming from the north. Now, uh, you were saying that South Africa, Africa as a continent was one. That is a profound lie. Although there were not the colonialist borders, even in the biblical sense and, and, and even in the Quran, the record shows clearly that there was distinct boundaries. Uh, there was the Egypt kingdom, there was the Ethiopian kingdom, and then if you read First uh, Kings chapter 10, you will find that the Bible speaks of a queen, and she's regarded as the queen of the south. Oh, she came from the, uh, the, the most southern part of Africa. She came from the most southern part of the earth. It speaks of our land. Uh, our land was referred to uh, uh, in, in ancient times as the land of Sabah of Ufur. Those lands were the lands of the Khoi and the San, a very powerful and mighty nation. And we control the whole of Southern Africa. So when we speak of the African people, which you will find that a lot of the Nungunis do not regard us as African, and I understand that is because we were a hidden nation. Who's us? When you say us, who's us? Us, I'm referring to the Khoi and the Sand. Oh, okay. And, and, and we need to come clear. Uh, you will find uh, recently, uh, basically most, most probably since last year, after one of our Khoi Kusses uh, leaders, uh, a reporter by the name of Yuna, confronted uh, Julius Malema concerning the Khoi and the Sand, 
Julius started changing his, his tone and speak as if he himself is now a koyo and a sand. We are not part of the Nguni tribes. We are a sovereign nation, and we need to understand the truth. The truth is that South Africa is a, is a government uh, or state within our land and in our borders. Those borders belong to the koi and the sand. Yes, we are part of Africa, and, and, and we acknowledge that. But we are a nation sovereign as any other nation upon the face of the earth. The Nungudis, uh, the Zulus, the Khorsas, those uh, uh, brothers and sisters of ours, they came and migrated like the foreigners came over the waters, the European uh, descendants that came over the waters. So also there became a migration of the Nguni tribes that came down into the south and killed and destroyed many of our tribes to take our land. And that is a historical fact. Now, we cannot come and, uh, and, and argue and say, but, whoa, this was also our land. If it was also their land, why did they come to kill and destroy us? And, and, and that is a fact that we need to consider. We have to expose the lies that the indigenous people of Southern Africa okay. is not the first people. We are the first people that stayed here. And by being the first, we are the indigenous people of Southern Africa. And that is the truth. All right, Commissioner Fick, just just give me a, a, some insight here. Are you saying that, um, and by the way, the queen you were referring to is the queen of Sheba, and she's not from the southernmost tip of Africa. That is not historically correct, but that's besides the point. Are you therefore suggesting that the Egyptians, the Nubians, the Kushites, uh, the, those who are from the land that we're now referring to as the Queen of Sheba, uh, and all the other nationalities, uh, Ethiopia, which is also mentioned in the scriptures, are, are you therefore saying these were prejudicial nations, one pitted against the other? If, if we want to believe that all the nations lived in peace, I want to come back to you. I understand that there is a certain historical uh, 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 terminology and, and, and believe that the queen of, of, of Saba, which is not Sheba, it's Saba, uh, he was the queen of Ethiopia. Ethiopia is not the, far, uh, the most mm. southern part of Africa. And that's a, that's a divine fact. Uh, but I'm not gonna, uh, I think, we'll, let's stay focused on the koi and the sand. The fact remains that the Egyptians fought already those years against the Israelites. They gave to, to the Israelites captive. That is a that is documented fact. We all know that. So we we understand that even in those years there were wars and there were nations that were oppressing other nations and in, and, and took them into slavery. Likewise, when the migration came from the north, way before the migration started from from the uh, uh, the east or the south. Uh, by the Europeans that came here, John van Riemdijk and all of those guys. And, and the history of Southern Africa, surely uh, it is an idiotic statement to think that we started, this nation started in 1652. Uh, the, there was, there was, Commissioner, uh, you're talking uh, about something Japan, else now. Commissioner, Commissioner Fick, you're talking about something else right now. We're not talking about that. We really are talking about the Khoisan, not 1652 or the origins of the nation then. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to move on to Paul, uh, but I do wish that we get get back to this historical fact. Uh, my producer, let's talk about this uh, not too long from now. Let's go to Mpoh in Tokyo. Mpoh, go ahead. Uh, 
Hi, my, um, I just want to be very cool and, and calm about this. Yes. I think you should be, in, you should invite people who are called the Vangona. Ne? Yes. In, uh, from in the original Venda people. I'm not one of the ones that came from Congo and, and, and drifted down to the south. There are the Vangonas who were occupied Mapungubwe. Okay, mm. and, 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 and those people also call them, so when they praise themselves, they say we are Ndangiwakugara, which means the first to, 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 to be in a place. They, they say that we are Chizachapo, which means that they are the aboriginals of the place. So if those people come in, in your program, they will be able to say that they were here as well. They, were, they don't come from anywhere else. They, even in the books that we read, okay, you find that the Vangonas are not, uh, nobody knows where they come from. They're not drifted from, from Congo or down to South Africa. They were here as well. Just like the Koisanga saying, these people also saying the same thing. So I would like for you to, to invite this group. I can give you the name of the other guys that came. Even those guys who are there, they're the Koisang, they know them. They meet with them in All these right. commissions. Hold that thought. And, hold and, that thought. Uh, I would like you to hold it. Talk to my producer and give her all the details that you can give okay, us so that, that we, can, yeah. we can, can share. I'm going to take a break and come back and take our final caller and give our guests the opportunity to respond. Uh, Rasul, don't panic. I can see you. I'm going to take a break and come back and take you, Rasul, in case it in. More Nayanu Pondrana in a moment. All right. You're listening to The Headspace with me, Nayanu Pondrana, here on SFM, South Africa's News. And we are giving you all the information that we can. And uh, I want to take Rasul before I come back to you, Mr. Fenroy. And let's go to KZN. Rasul, good evening. Good evening to you and good evening to the listeners and the panel. Good evening. I think uh, for us it, it becomes problematic when we try and define what is the entry point or the beginning of history. Uh, I am loath to want to look at history as when the first colonial ship came here because it addresses a number of problems uh, or, or it raises a number of questions because if we think pre-colonial history does not exist, for example, we then go into another argument that denies and erases origins and the rights that emerge from origins. 